Thanks for joining us on the Oasis Church Podcast. To find out more about Oasis, visit CelebrateTheJourney.org. During this episode, Pastor Dennis Ritchie shares a great message that will lead you to new and deeper levels with Jesus Christ. So open up a Bible, grab a notebook, or simply listen along. Continue to be a presence. Pray that you would continue to ignite passion in the hearts of your church, that we may be your light in this world. I pray this morning that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart is acceptable in your sight, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Well. Sandy and I are back to the land of the living. <laughs> um, and I'll share a few thoughts on, on COVID since I can do it from an experienced point of view. Um, it, it, the, the symptoms in our case were mild to moderate symptoms. And that's what we had hoped for because unmoderate is not good. Um, and so we had the fatigue. We had the just feeling, ugh. Um, but I will say this. The worst part of COVID is not COVID. The worst part of COVID is the stigma that I, I believe our media has put on it so much where it's a death sentence. And so you go from this, we've all had to quarantine, right? And at the beginning, we quarantined and, and it was fun. It wasn't fun. It was weird. It wasn't weird. But when you get the vid, it takes it to the next level. You have to that's the hard part. That's, that doesn't seem to set well for a human being. Um, and so what I, what I thought of and what I kind of was convicted of is reaching out to the people who, who have quarantined themselves because they're at high risk. It's not natural for human beings to be isolated. That was really, it was, when I say it was the worst part, it was the worst part. Um, it was the, you literally have the plague, and everybody knows it, and they avoid you. Even this morning, I got the old crosses coming at it, you know. I am COVID, oh, am I COVID free? I think so. Uh, you, you know, and, and so, yeah, I'm immune. Um, you're all, you're the danger to me now. So, um, but, but no, but, but seriously, um, the, uh, and, and I might get in trouble, you know, Monday morning emails for saying some of this, but um, the fear mongering really has to stop. Concern, caution, absolutely. Um, taking it serious, absolutely. Making sure that we protect those who are um, more susceptible to the, to the high-end symptoms, yes. But the fear-mongering, man, it cooks people. I watched them. Uh, I'm my mom's primary kind of caregiver. Uh, she has one other friend in the building. Um, so I wasn't able to see her for about 20 days. And I watched her mental and emotional um, 
status, I guess, lessened as I wasn't going to see her. So fear mongering has to stop. And uh, reach out to those people you know that are quarantined. Not to tell them to get out of quarantine, not to tell them that they're you know, dumb for quarantining or, or whatever, but reach out to them because human contact is important. It really, really is. I thank you all for praying for us and for the food and the meals. At one point, we were both sick, so we're like, what do we do now? I was caring for Sandy, and then I got sick, and then she tried to care for me, and it was just this um, weird, weird time. So I encourage you, if you know people who are quarantined or have COVID or you haven't seen because they're quarantining, reach out to them. Make some phone calls, FaceTime, text, do whatever you have to do to make sure that there's some connection because human connection is human. And isolation is not the way we were, we were built to operate. Even for 10 days, even for whatever, I think Sandy and I, we hit 20 days in our house. You can learn to hate your house after 20 days. All right, so that's what I have to say about that. But now... We are at the end of a very interesting year. 2020 presented all kinds of new stuff and new challenges. We actually now even have new terms, terminology, social distancing. That's a new one. I mean, we know social and we've always had the word distancing, but put them together, it's a whole new thing. Um, We have like the term woke and Here's my favorite, environmental justice. I have no idea what that means, but it sounds really cool. Um, But also this year, I I, I don't know if it was made more, um, it, it just stood out to me more and more that there's a new old religion that has really sunk its teeth into our culture. It's the religion of secularism. And, um, and, and I call it a religion because those who adhere to it, they treat it as this all-encompassing um, philosophy, tenant of the way they should live. Now, the word secularism, it, it means, um, well, it's, it's to take religion out of all civil aspects of, of society. They, they want to remove uh, religion from civil, uh, civic affairs and even academics. Uh, take God out of it. Take religion out of it. And I, and I believe you're, we are seeing this, we are experiencing this more and more in our culture as people walk away from God. Well, 2021 is just around the corner and I will guarantee you that it will bring some uncertainty for, for all of us, as it always does. It's nothing new. But as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus, we need to be aware. We need to pay attention to what is taking place in our culture. Pay attention politically. Pay attention culturally. Pay attention to just what's going on around you. For, I think for the the main reason is so that the culture doesn't seep into your heart, your brain, and drown out the voice of the Holy Spirit. On the surface, 
it can look like 2021 has a lot to worry about. People are still out of work. Businesses are closing. Churches are closing. We're waiting on the stimulus package that never will come, or maybe will come. You never got your first one? Oh, I got it. Remember you donated it? Thank you. (laughs) And people are still fearful of this disease, of, of, of COVID. In fact, you know, I, I got to watch a lot of TV while I was sick. And uh, if you watch the news, um, COVID's a death sentence, period. But it's not. I'm here. Um, and so the section of the Sermon on the Mount, and you have to forgive me, I still have COVID brain, and, and it was getting here was, was a, a tiring process. Um, but the, the section I wanted to talk about this morning, I fast forward a little bit. Uh, because I know that Christmas is Friday, and uh, you know people are going to be cha- um, traveling, and and so I wanted to share this now before we get into the new year, because I I believe it's it's important, um, because we're ending this this crazy year, we're going to launch into another crazy year, and um, this decade that we're in, it's still relatively new, and so we can charge into this decade with the assurance that comes from following Jesus. And so what I want to do is I want to read the entire section of text out of Matthew chapter 6, and then we're going to go back and we're going to unpack it a little bit. Red letters, the words of Jesus. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you little faith, stop worrying, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Can I get an amen on that? Uh, So right before this section, Jesus is talking about treasure. He's talking about storing up the right treasure and not the wrong treasure, because the wrong treasure, what he's talking about, is, is all of our stuff, um, Things that we can get, things that we possess. And and do you know, and I've said this before, did you know that everything that we own, from the pair of shoes that you're wearing to the home you're living in, one day is going to end up in a landfill. It all is going to go away. That's why we need a new iPhone every year because the old ones are, are just not good anymore. And we need the 12 Pro Mini. 
But eventually that's going to end up in a landfill too. No, the motorcycle will live forever. And so Jesus wants to make sure that we, we, uh, we invest treasure in eternity and not just here. But then he kind of parlays it into this idea of worry and, anxi- and anxiety. And in these nine verses that we just read three times, Jesus says, don't be anxious. Don't be anxious. Don't be anxious. Now, from, from what they tell me, it, it doesn't matter rich or poor you suffer or can suffer when the focus of your life is on materialism on getting more it will produce in us anxiousness worry Uh, sandy and i know what it's like to be poor and anxious at times i am willing as a test dummy to be rich and anxious and report back to you but I have yet only experienced the poor side, and it's, it's, it's there. Our human existence has really kind of been plagued by worry, by being anxious. The uncertainty causes angst within us. As far back as 1961, Time Magazine wrote an article. Now, I didn't read the article. I read an article that mentioned the article about Time Magazine in 1961. And they're talking about anxiety and worry and how it's a cultural phenomenon. And, and it spoke of um, the, the, the usual signs of, of um, anxiety, you know, things like uh, violence and uh, suicide and addiction and alcoholism, all these big things. But then it talked about the, the subtle uh, signs of people who, who are anxious. Um, they, they said, you know, the over-excited handshake or even the very limp handshake or that second pack of cigarettes or the third martini or those four hours of watching tv you know all of these are signs that 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 something has grabbed a hold of us that is keeping us in this weighted space where we just can't feel like we can breathe worry anxiety things haven't changed from 1961 till now especially during this time of year as you go out and about, look and watch people. Now, I believe that as we study this passage, as we study all scripture, we have to understand what Jesus is saying, but we also want to make sure we understand what he is, is not saying. Jesus is talking about, in this text, a situational worry, a situational anxiety. So what that means is you find yourself in a situation. Um, you open your refrigerator and you have no food. And then you go and you open up your checking account and you have no money. And that situation then creates in you a anxiety, a, a worry. Uh, Sandy and I, we had the vid. And so there was some situational anxiety of how are we going to eat or bring in firewood. So, so that's what Jesus is talking about. Some anxiety, some worry uh, are not only emotional, but they are physiological. They, they, they are chemical imbalances in your body, which require you to see a doctor or a counselor or a psychologist or a psychiatrist. It may require medicine to help with that whole uh, imbalance. If that's your case, then don't stop seeing your doctor. You don't stop taking the medicine unless you work with him 
to those things. I, I want to be very clear with that because sometimes we um, pastors, we can say things that are dangerous to people. Uh, I'm not a doctor. Okay, so if you are being treated for anxiety, worry, depression, those types of things, and you're being treated by a medical professional, then you will continue to do so until that medical professional yourself and God have released you and you've done it correctly, okay? Jesus is talking about a situational um, things are going really troublesome for you and you're stressed out. That's what he's talking about. And he's also, he's not talking about being just like, I don't care, you know, whatever happens, happens. You see, there is a good type of worry. Maybe I should, there is a good type of concern. Paul, chapter 11, 2 Corinthians, he talks about his concern for the church, and the word in the Greek is, is, uh, has the meaning of anxiety and worry. There, there, there is a good worry or a good concern. Uh, Psalm 38, Psalm 51, it talks about the concern that we should have about our own hearts in the context of sin and avoiding or, or, and, and, and um, standing firm against the temptation to sin. So there is a, a, a good concern. The, what Jesus is talking about is a, a worry that is self-centered. It, it, it's an anxiety that has its foundations in, I don't trust you, God. I need to handle this myself. I'm going to put my trust in other things. I'm going to put my trust in my ability to earn money so I can buy those things. I'm going to put my trust in that person. I'm going to put my trust in that institution. And God has taken a back seat. That's the worry Jesus is getting at. You've lost your trust in God. And in verse 25, he says this, Therefore I tell you, don't worry about life, what you'll eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Jesus comes out of the gate with the trinity of, um, of human need. Food, drink, clothes. And if you just take one glance at any TV, commercial, magazine, you know Jesus hit the nail on the head. It's all about the food. It's all about what we wear, what we want to drink. I mean, the biggest news story of this Christmas season is not just the vaccine for COVID, but it's will the retail, will they, will they make it through the season? Will they earn enough money? Will people spend enough money? Very little on the birth of Christ or hope or peace or love or faith. It's will Walmart, will Walmart survive? Pretty sure they will. But secularism and materialism, it really focuses on me, on the individual. How do I relax in the evening? How am I going to be entertained? How am I going to climb the corporate ladder? See, it, it's all about, and advertising feeds into this, this idea of self-indulgence. It becomes all about me. How am I, gonna, how am I going to improve my life? How am I going to keep up with the Joneses? How am I going to get the John Deere instead of the cadet tractor? How am I going to get the Harley? Well, that's, that's important, though. Jesus is not denying the pleasures of life. He, he, he really isn't. 
he, he, he's not saying you need to live in this old Eeyore mentality. Um, but what he does not want us to do is to, is to um, lessen the gift that God has given us, this gift of life, and focus just on things, on stuff, on what we can eat, what we can drink, the clothes we're going to wear. You know, often we church people, we say that our value system is very different from the world's. That we, what we consider important is different from what the world thinks is important. But I would challenge you to open your bank statement and look at how you spend your money. Is it really that different from the world? Can we say, wow, I, if, if somebody looked at your bank statement and somebody looked at an atheist, would they be able to see a difference? It's a question worth, worth asking. Jesus says there's, <laughs> there's more to life than just, than just stuff. There's more to life than just food. And in our body, this gift that God has given us, it's more than just clothes. All life comes from God. He has gifted us this thing we call life. So why should we have to worry about the everyday nuances, worry or be anxious over? He knows what we need. And God is not going to keep his promise halfway or most of the way. He will keep all of it. And if the promise is he will supply what we need, then he will keep that promise. And we do not have to build a sense of anxiety or worry. He's given us this life, and he will supply for this life for as long as his will says, I'm alive. And so what Jesus wants to do now is he says, okay, don't worry about your life. There's more to, Asher got the hiccups. There's more to life than stuff. And he's going to give us some, some examples. Verse 26, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? There are probably 6.4 bazillion birds right now flying in the sky across the world. And for the most part, I'm going to make a claim that they're probably somewhat happy and healthy. As far as birds can be happy and healthy. Here's what I believe. Um, the birds don't suffer from hypertension. Birds don't suffer from stress-related illness and disease. Because birds don't worry. God takes care of them. And they don't even, they don't even uh, reap or store away in barns. They have no savings account. I'm not saying you shouldn't have a savings account, but I'm just saying they don't have one. And God takes care of them. But how much more that he would take care of you and I? And Jesus isn't saying we should be lazy and just kind of hang around, do nothing, let God do all the cooking. And he's just going to, you know, Amazon's going to deliver your groceries every week just out of, out of nowhere. Birds work. They forage for food. They build nests. Uh, they work hard. But 
they don't worry. There is no anxiety. Now, the example Jesus uses, he's not saying that, listen, your life is just going to be rainbows, glitter, and when it rains, Skittles only. Not even the sour ones, the sweet ones. It's not what he's getting to because, you know, sometimes birds, they die. They hit your windshield at 60 miles an hour. Sometimes the cat gets them. Sometimes they go hungry. But what Jesus wants us to understand is that for our everyday needs and to, to thrive in our life, God will care for us. He cares for this lower creation of birds. How much more will he care for those who bear his image? Remember, you, we all have been made in the image of God. We are his masterpiece. And he will care for you each and every day. Care for your needs. And then he continues, verse 27. Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? How am I going to pay the bills? How am I going to go grocery shopping? Don't turn on the heat because we don't have any oil. Worrying about those things don't add to life. Worrying about those things will actually suck the life right out of you. And even if through your worry and angst and anxiety you've, you've made yourself crazy trying to find an extra 50 bucks to go grocery shopping and you finally went grocery shopping and all that worry you think paid off because you found the 50 bucks and you got to go grocery shopping woohoo you still haven't added a single second to your life in fact god bless you you've probably lost a few worry and anxiety removes our ability to enjoy just the everyday blessings that God pours out on his people. And then, as he is, so, so he's talking about, he's talking about, uh, you know, the birds, and then he wants to go to clothes. He says, then why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They don't labor, spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. This year, um, in the summertime, Sandy and I, we grew wildflowers. We had uh, four pots a friend of ours gave, and they just sprinkled in all these. He sprinkled in the wildflower seeds, and you put them out on the deck. And uh, when they started to grow, they just looked like weeds. And they were kind of ugly, but we just let them go, and, and these, these pots, and, and they would grow. Um, and by midsummer, we had these. I, I don't know why I took pictures, because I'm old, and I take pictures of flowers. I guess that's what happens. Um, but these are some of our wildflowers out of these, just these little pots on our deck. And, and they, they're beautiful, not lovely, lovely. <laughs> and this one they forced me to put up. That's a whole, that's not my backyard, but that's a picture somewhere in the world of these wild flowers. Solomon, 
who is the Old Testament version of Jeff Bezos of Amazon, has lots of money. Solomon could afford to make any type of clothing, the best fabric, purple fabric, gold and, and, and precious stones he could put all on his clothes. What Jesus is saying is that the flowers that God creates that are here today and gone tomorrow are so much more beautiful than anything that Solomon could ever put together. They don't do anything, these flowers, and yet God takes care of them. They don't gather food. They don't build a house. They, they, they can't think. They can't reason. God created them, and God sustains them. God has created you, and God sustains you. You are a bearer of his image. And not only does he sustain us, but we get his presence. We get the presence of God in our lives. Jesus' argument is really a powerful one, that life is so much more about than, so much more than about just stuff and food and, and, and clothes. God has given us life and breath and creativity and minds and thoughts and reasons and passions. And if you don't, and if you fail to trust that he has invested all of this amazing stuff into you, why would he not sustain you with the everyday things that you need? I tell you, don't worry about your life. And what's really amazing to me is this, this is really an invitation of assurance. The invitation of this assurance is, is for everyone. Everyone is invited to Christ. But the assurance comes only when we put our trust in him. Only when we trust him as Savior only when we trust him as Lord. When we become his disciples, there is a, we've entered back into the family and we can begin to receive the blessings of, of God. Jesus, he put it this way. So don't worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day is enough of its own trouble. Look, look deep what's going on here. To worry about the basic necessities of life, like God isn't going to give you what you need, that type of worry is really part of this new old religion of secularism and materialism. You're worried about your stuff. Those who don't follow Jesus can very easily fall into the trap of anxiety and worry because they're looking for fulfillment in life and the things that they can get and the stuff that they can possess and the things that they can work for and go and buy. And so um, they trust in money, and they trust in their job, and they trust in their night's clothes. They trust with keeping up with the Joneses. They're, they're, they find significance 
the only significance that they're finding is in material possessions. They're missing the big picture. Jesus says those who don't follow God, the pagan, they run after those things. And running after those things builds in us worry and anxiety. And I I also believe that those who don't follow follow God or, or, or walk with Jesus... They really do have a fundamental misunderstanding of who God is. Like there's this, there's this thing, even people who believe in God but yet don't really press into, um, press into a discipleship mentality. They, they, they have this sense that God created the world, okay, gave it a good spin, and then walked away. And now it's just kind of up for grabs. Got to look out for number one, you know, make sure that, uh, that, that I get what I need it could be nothing further from the truth than God has walked away God is intimately involved in every piece of space in his creation see the difference between those who follow Jesus and those who don't is is simply this in John chapter 1 it says that for those who believe he has given them the right to be called children of faith in Christ, you are a child of God. Not by human, uh, human descent, it, it, it's a spiritual childhood. We, prince, princesses, to the king, he's our daddy. And throughout this, we sang it this morning, we have a good father who will care for all of our needs. Well, what does this all mean for daily living? Jesus tells us not to worry. Yeah, that's all well and good. But he doesn't leave us there. He tells us how not to worry. He just doesn't say, suck it up, buttercup, get over it. He he tells us what to press into. How do we, how do you not worry about stuff? How do you lessen the amount of anxiety day to day in your life? Well, Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you. All these things, food, clothing, drink. Sound like a caveman. Hey, food, clothing, drink. Well, what's it mean to seek first the kingdom? Well, it's really simple. You live like Jesus. I mean, it's, um, if it was rocket science, I wouldn't be doing this. We move in the direction a Christ-like life. That's seeking the kingdom. We move in a direction where we share the message of Jesus. In the, in the midst of the world, in the midst of your situation, in your circumstances, seeking the kingdom is about being the light of the world. That you would bring the kingdom of God into your area of influence. That you would be deliberate about doing that that you would bring grace into that situation, that you would bring blessing into that situation, that you would bring love or peace or, or encouragement into that situation. That is, that is seeking the kingdom and seeking his righteousness. The righteousness of God is Jesus Christ. And so we're going after him, no holes barred, deliberate, conscious, I'm taking nothing by chance. I'm pressing into God. He's the most important thing. My relationship with him has to be the most important thing. 
And if we can make it the most important thing, we will see all these other little irritants begin to die down. power of the Holy Spirit to live as lights in this world. Worry, anxiety, situational, not trusting God, it will dim your light. It will eventually snuff it out. Thirty-four. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So guess what? If you worry about tomorrow, well, let me say that. Guarantee tomorrow, for some of you, will be a real pain in the butt kind of day. You're going to be challenged. You're going to be frustrated. For all of us, it has the potential of being that. And it is an exercise in futility if you focus your life on trying to make sure that tomorrow is going to be trouble-free. It will not happen. You cannot do it. You can try to sure up all the aspects of your world, of your life, of your castle, but you're always going to miss a little spot. Something will go unnoticed or slip by you. And if, you're all your, if your life is built upon trying to make sure that everything runs smooth tomorrow, man, you're going to miss today. And the worry that you have today will just carry over. Maybe I can say it this way. I wrote this down. Worry will not overcome tomorrow's trials, but it will zap us of our strength and energy to trust God and overcome the trial of today. When we add tomorrow's troubles to today or today's troubles to tomorrow, man, it's a, it's a weight that is too heavy for a person to bear. That's why Jesus says, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's got enough of its own garbage going on. You just... Trust God today. Worry won't help us avoid sin or evil. It will weaken us to deal with it. God will give us the strength to move through the trial. He doesn't always just take them away, but he will give us the strength to move through them. I've met people in my life that, um, that have suffered much more than what they've experienced. Does that make sense? They, they, they live in fear of everything because everything is really possible. But that fear has caused suffering and that suffering has robbed them of the peace that Jesus promised to give, a peace that goes beyond our understanding. I want to encourage us 
to stop borrowing trouble from tomorrow. It'll be there when we get there. And so as we move into 2021, there will be uncertainty. There will be challenges. There will be ups. There will be downs. Still, vaccine, no vaccine, Democrat, Republican, quarantine, isolation, self-isolation, CCPV, lockdowns, business closing, all of these things are still going to be there. But we get to move forward as the people of God. We get to move forward because we have the, the, uh, the balm, the ointment for worry and anxiety. Seek first his kingdom. Seek his righteousness. And all the things that you worry about, the, the everyday things, you'll get what you need. That's, that's God's promise. The question is, do we believe it? And will we engage it? I think 2021 has a lot of potential. It's probably what every pastor says at the end of one year and the beginning of the next. But I do. We, we have... We have something to give the world that is completely unique from anything that can be gifted to the world. We know the truth of who Christ is. We know the, the key to unlock eternal life and abundant life here. Not abundant with some bells and whistles, but abundant with passion and chutzpah and you're just on fire for it. 2021 has that opportunity for us. Worry will suck that opportunity dry. Anxiety will suck that opportunity away. And so moving forward, put our trust in Christ. Lord, thank you given us Jesus. Thank you that we can trust you, that you're trustworthy. Thank you that you love us even though, even when we're anxious and worried. Thank you for continually calling us back to that place of peace. We love you. Thank you for loving us. Amen. So for those of you who are traveling this year, have a great Christmas. For those of you who can stay around, um, we're going to have a Christmas Eve. And I, and I know that uh, some of you may be dismayed with the protocol, but um, I would love to see those people who haven't been back to church because they feel they need to have that safety precaution. And so we do this. I, we made the decision as a, uh, the senior leaders or the elders uh, to mask up and do all those things um, because we want to see people that we haven't seen in a long time. And I'm hoping they will come for that. And it's only for Christmas Eve, um, those protocols still in place, except we'll keep the bracelets uh, going. 
but, but yeah, so for those who will be here on Christmas Eve and look forward to celebrating, um, you can pray for me because I have no idea what I'm talking about yet, but that's the way God works. Um, so yeah, uh, I love you guys. I'll see some of you Thursday. I'll see some of you Sunday. I'll see some of you next year. 